It's time for Hello, it's John Norman. And hey, it's Jonathan Fink. And welcome to the So Thirsty Podcast. Hey, welcome. What, what podcast is this? Is this our fourth? This is our fourth. This is our second week, our fourth podcast. Very exciting. Wow. Yeah, it's like now, we've, now I've got a few listeners, which is exciting. So I'm, I'm excited to be doing this. People want to, I guess, hear what we have to say. I don't know. Wow. Oh, I mean, pretty. why wouldn't you? <laughs> we have so much to say as a situation. I know. No. We're blessing everyone with our knowledge. Absolutely. And today we're going to be talking about, let them know, Jonathan Fink. We're going to be talking about whether big three privilege exists or not within the K-pop industry. And if you could explain what big three privilege is exactly. Okay, well, first of all, we have to explain what the big three is, unless you guys don't know. Yes. Um, no, go take it back. <laughs> well, anyway, the big three is the top big three entertainment agencies in Korea, which is SM Entertainment, YG Entertainment, and JYP Entertainment. JYP. And they are they are the biggest juggernauts in Korea, and they have the biggest uh, names within the industry. Uh, their artist rosters for SM includes EXO, SHINee, Girls' Generation, Red Velvet. YG includes Big Bang, Blackpink, Winner, Icon, and JYP, of course, is Twice, um, Got7, and 2PM, and Wonder Girls. Not <sighs> anymore, actually. Never I know. <laughs> it made me sad how many like artists that don't exist that you skipped over. But like, I get it. They don't exist anymore. I don't know why I said Wonder Girls. <laughs> I know. Well, because well, I mean, they are they are JYP, to be honest. I mean, they are just like, okay. they're their their flagship group. Well, not anymore. But they were. I know not anymore, but they, they, they are JYP's TRL. You know what okay, I mean? Right, right. Okay. okay. Right, right. <laughs> That's the big three. And then, of course, big three privilege is basically stating, and I'm using air quotes, of course, um, is basically stating that since they are the biggest companies in Korea, their artists have more privileges, so to speak, um, that groups that come from uh, companies mm-hmm. that are smaller and don't have uh, as big of an influence as the big three does. The big three, of course, makes it a guarantee that if a group debuts with them, they will find success, you know, whether that be with album sales, with music show wins, digital sales, uh, worldwide recognition, etc. And for smaller companies, the argument is, yeah. is that it's a lot harder for them because, uh-huh. well, you know, they're smaller. They don't have enough influence within the industry, not enough leverage. But there's a whole bunch more that goes into that. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. Okay. Well, since we're discussing it, why don't we just get right into it? Tell me, what are your thoughts? Do you think big privilege, big three privilege is real? No, I think it's ridiculous. Um, I think. Okay. Why do you think that? <laughs> Because I think the complete opposite of you. Well, obviously. But I think that saying Big Three privilege exists is really discrediting the groups that debut um, in the Big Three. You're basically saying that these groups don't work as hard as the groups from smaller companies. 
um, that you're saying that these groups don't deserve the success that they have because they debuted in a you know big company like SM Entertainment and basically success was handed to them on a plate. I don't think that's the truth at all. These groups have to work just as hard. They have to start from nothing. Sure, you know, having a, a, a name like YG behind them or SM sort of helps. That doesn't always guarantee success. There are plenty of SM groups like The Grace and uh, Tracks that haven't made it or lasted the the five year um, five year curse, as they call it. And you know, sometimes I thought it was a seven year curse. Uh, well, now it's a seven year. Has it moved to five? Well, well, it used to be five, but now it's seven because oh, so they're getting better. They're getting better with retention. That's great. You know what? That's a positive. But you know, groups like Tracks, The Grace, FX. Well, hopefully they're still a thing. We don't know. They're up in the air. Yeah, they I don't, don't even want to count FX. <laughs> they don't even. They take so much time off. <laughs> well, yeah, to the point where they can't even make money for themselves. You know, it's not always a guarantee that they're success. Um, and it's been proven that a lot of other smaller companies have found great success, even bigger than SM Entertainment and YG. Look at BTS, for example. Look at them. <laughs> yes, please. So, I mean, look at them for a long time. I rest my case, you know? So, can you tell me why you disagree? Okay, well, here's the situation with that, okay? Big Three Privilege has to exist because, honestly, anyone who has more resources. You're absolutely right. What you said was true. They can, they have more resources. They have a bigger footing in the industry. They can get the music out there with much more ease than any smaller company can. Now, that's not to say that the people in the smaller companies, like, they can't find success. We definitely have seen success with uh, BTS and Monster X, but they're probably like, what, the two biggest ones here in the U.S., and they're from a small company, maybe because they're smaller and because they have more, they can focus on, like, one particular artist. Whereas the other ones have so many, they it's kind of spread thin. But, Absolutely. But I don't think that's to say that the ones in the the bigger companies don't work as hard as the ones in the smaller companies. I think it it just means that they can work equal amounts, uh, but as far as distribution, the bigger companies are going to have more of an influence, more of an impact. And I think the companies they kind of you know they're a brand themselves. And so when somebody comes out, for example, on YG, people are like, who's this new YG artist? Because YG is already established as a brand. You already kind of, all everyone on YG kind of has a similar thread of how they're going to sound. Like you can usually differentiate what a YG artist sounds like versus what an SM artist sounds like. And so when a new artist comes out on these big record labels where you already kind of have an idea of how they might sound, people are going to be more interested to hear who's that person going to be that's debuting or that group. And with smaller companies, they're not established. You don't really know what their sound is going to be. And so the people in the smaller groups, they have to work a lot harder to get their sound out there and to establish themselves than the big three companies. I think it's the opposite of what you said. They have to work much harder because they don't have this big established brand that's behind them already. Well, what you're saying actually makes no sense because you're basically saying Big three privilege exists um, because these companies have more resources, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, that's simply not true. The reason the smaller companies have to work harder is because the market is so oversaturated with all of these small companies trying to get their groups to come in and trying to make them big and trying to get them out there that there is no opportunity for anyone to get noticed. 
because it, the market is so oversaturated. They're just, it's not like when SM Entertainment and YG and JYP debuted way back in the 90s where there was ultimately no competition. You know, they were pretty much like the company. So if the market is oversaturated, wouldn't you say that the companies that have more resources could push through that overly saturated market better than the smaller ones? They could, but that's not the fault of the big companies that the other smaller companies are trying to push through with so many other groups at the same time, you know? No, I don't know. I have they no have idea. more resources. It sounds like you're supporting they, my they argument. They have more resources. <laughs> no, they have more resources from a long time ago. They've been around since the 90s. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's not their fault that these companies are coming in now when the market is oversaturated. Okay. That's not a privilege. It's not a privilege if you had to work hard to get to where you were today. Because you worked hard. Yeah, okay, so... None of this was handed... They all started off... None of this was handed... We're not talking about the... None of this... <laughs> God damn. We're not talking about the, the um, like, record labels themselves. We're talking about the artist from the labels. If a new artist debuts on an already established label, they're going to have more resources and more privilege to be able to get their name out there than someone on a new label that doesn't have the same resources. That depends because, for example, you mentioned Monster X, right? Monster X is part of Starship. Did you know that Starship is a subsidiary of Loen Music or what's known right now as um, Cacao Music? You know that? No. Okay, so Loen is one of the biggest distributors in Korea. What does that mean? that even though Starship is a small company, they have the resources from a big giant corporation like Lowen Music to get them out there. So there are resources that these small companies can access in order to get their groups out there. You know, it's just, unfortunately, not all of them have a marketable product. And that's, that's common for every business. That's in every business, business 101. You need to have something that sells, that makes money in order for people to want to invest in you. When people want to invest in you, then what happens? You get access to more resources, you get more distribution, you get more exposure, etc., etc. But because the market is so overly saturated, everyone is trying to compete to get noticed. That is not the fault of the big three. That is the fault of the market itself, and there's no regulations for this. So I think we should stop trying to blame YG, JYP, and SM for this big three privilege when it's the market itself that is completely out of sorts. You're blaming, you're saying that, what it, I'm, I don't even understand, it sounds like we're arguing about different things completely. Because you're, okay, let, let's, what do you think is the definition of big three, uh, big three privilege? Big three privilege, we're talking about artists that debut on one of the big three record labels versus artists that debut on a smaller record label. Right? Right. right. And what what is what is the and we're saying that? And we're saying that people who debut under the big three or the definition of the big three privilege is people who debut under one of those big three, they don't have to work as hard to be as popular <laughs> because they're on the big three. Well, that's not that the only right? thing people. That's not the only thing people say big three privilege is. That's one of the things which I disagree on. But it's also that they win awards faster, that they have more exposure, that they have um, 
more privileged with, with winning awards at award shows, you know, like year end awards, like the mama awards and the SMAs, you know, that. Yeah. Okay. So was that, there, did we ever get a reason why the three big, the big three are not doing the mamas this year? Yeah, we did because they have beef with Mnet. Um, What's their beef with Mnet? Um, you know, that hasn't really been made clear, but from what I understand... Oh, so they don't run as public as with the Thai boy love dramas when well, they were arguing about it. Because you know, <laughs> you know that um, K-pop is way more... I, I don't want to say professional, but they're way more um, uh, mysterious. You know, they keep everything under wraps as best as possible. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. we don't know that's going on behind the scenes, you know? Um, but what happened was, or from what I understand and what I've seen online, is that Mnet is another huge Korean distributor. And they have been trying to get their grimy hands on SM and YG's distribution for years, for maybe a maybe a whole decade. And okay. SM has always been like, nope, we can do it ourselves. We're happy to do it ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So a long time ago, SM, YG, and JYP created... Um, a distribution company called uh, KPH, I think it was. And then afterwards, it was bought out by KT Music. And then that company was solely in charge of distributing um, all the music for uh, the big three. And then years after that, you know, because at first, Mnet, this, this whole... Like Mnet versus SM versus YG has been going on for years. Um, And then they kind of were okay. And then their contract, SM and YG's contract was up with KT Music. So what people are speculating is that Mnet was coming in and trying to get them to distribute with them again, you know, because that would make Mnet the monopoly of Korea and the entertainment industry. But... YG and SM said hell no, and they went with iRiver instead. So iRiver, yeah, iRiver. Like the name of my old iPod ripoff. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, iRiver, yes, iRiver, and um, wow. yeah. So, um, so what are they going to do instead? What what award show are they going to be on? Who? Nobody. The big three. No, the, none. No, well, they got to do their own award show. Then they got the. I'm sorry. Let's back up. They're not going to be at anything like Mama related uh, or Mnet related. For example, all of the SM artists were pulled from M Countdown. Like no SM artists have been at M Countdown. Um, Whoa. Yeah, since July. The last artist to promote at M Countdown, SM artist to promote at M Countdown was Shiny. And that was that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because of their beef. Because of the beef. Um, yeah, and so has YG. Um, but there, there are rumors. By the way, um, Big Hit is also distributed by iRiver. But there are rumors that Mnet is going to try and come in and grab um, Big Hit for their distribution, so that they can distribute BTS's albums. I see. And that's going to be a big. That's going to be crazy. It's going to be an all-out war. Oh my so, gosh! Can't wait to see how that plays out. Yeah. So, but. Um, but yeah. Back to the argument at hand. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, it's not just, you know, do they have to work okay. harder? That's part of it. But also, like, award show wins, 
music show wins, um, TV spots. Uh, sometimes. Okay, so and you're saying that you're saying that these big three they don't get awards quicker than the smaller companies. Do they get awards quicker than the smaller companies? Let me think about that for a second. They do because they have been around longer, but that's not true with every group that comes from smaller companies. Like Infinite didn't wait that long to win awards. I think they won awards maybe after their third comeback. Look at um, Beast. They debuted with Cube. Cube wasn't a big company when Beast came around okay. or when Four Minute came around, and they made it. Are they the exception or are they the rule? That are like, is it equal between small companies, big companies, and the artists that get awards, or is it just like there's these it one-off is equal. situations? It is equal because it's not. Show me the receipts. It's it's the well. You can't show receipts for either argument because you would have to prove that these shows are rigged for the big three. You don't have those receipts. You know, well, you, you know could what? say. You could say that there's more exposure for these groups and that's why they have bigger fan bases and went faster because remember, these music shows are based on digital sales. Yes. So what does that mean? Yes. That means that they have to have exposure to the Korean public. The Korean public has to like the music and have to download the music. And of course, the fandom has to download and stream the music. So of course, having a bigger fandom means you have more digital points. Okay, so... Having more YouTube views me meaning you have means you have more SNS points. Okay, sounds like an et argument cetera, for big privilege. Okay, keep going, keep going. But, 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 um, you have to remember that not everyone promotes at the same time. So, not always are you going to have a big three group at a music show with smaller groups. So, therefore, the scale will kind of offset itself so the smaller groups mean? have no comp who have no the smaller groups that have no competition mm -hmm. will now have the criteria to win music shows because they're not competing against bigger groups per se okay so does that make sense yeah it makes sense that there is a big three privilege and whether no, whether it's around no look at Look at 17. Look at 17. Look at how big they I are. I look at I them look at so often, and I always try to figure out how big they are. Anyway. They're huge. They're huge. They're huge. And Pletus, and Pletus was bankrupt. Uh, Pletus was, like, had no money. Like, uh, whatchamacallit, after school, couldn't even debut, like, couldn't even come back. Okay. And they still haven't come back, by the way. They've been thrown in the dungeon, but... Then Seventeen came back with their first comeback, and they they took off rather quickly. Okay, here's what I so, think. I think this, what people argue about on the Twitters and whatnot, I think the Big Three privilege situation is not as big as they make it out to be. Like, their little acts or whatever from these smaller groups, they just feel so cheated when someone from a big label gets props when they felt their favorite should have and they're just trying to come up with excuses for why their artist didn't get it but however <clears throat> i think that there is a big three privilege because of distribution and in a roundabout way they get more awards because they have a wider net that they can throw as far as getting their name out there and um words forming sentences i forgot where i was going with that but <laughs> I, I feel your oh, point. no, I feel like less and less the big three privilege is even an issue because 
things are getting distributed in different ways now because we've talked about this in previous episodes. So like as people get more access to the internet, as people find these artists through YouTube and whatnot, that's where people are getting most of their information from is YouTube. And YouTube sometimes can be in some ways the great equalizer on these sort of things. Like people can go and they can search for whatever they want to. The YouTube algorithm can, it usually tailors itself to the individual user and what they've searched for in the past. So if they're constantly searching for these artists that are on smaller labels, then YouTube, at least this is how I believe the algorithm works, will go, okay, well, I see that they're going to this YouTube channel a lot. Let's feed them more stuff from this YouTube channel. So they'll get more exposure to these artists that may not have gotten exposure before on, you know, so really I think the big three privilege might be a bigger deal in Korea to Koreans on television because the big three have more control over that. But as far as international fans, where we get all of our stuff from the internet, I feel like it's more equal. They have greater access to a different variety of things and it's less about, you know, record labels and whatnot. And I think big three privilege is a big ball of farce. Um, I saw this tweet on- A big ball of farts? Farce, yes, farce. Um, like, Like the short guy from Shrek. No. Like mm. it stupid. It doesn't exist. Oh, okay. Um, it's poop. Yes. Anyway, so it's farce. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I saw this tweet um, about this girl saying that people deny big three privilege, privilege as they would deny white privilege, and I'm just like, <laughs> girl, you need to like go spend some time off the internet. Because that is yeah, that's a really weird comparison. Stupidest thing I have ever heard, and I think people really take it that deep, you know. And I don't think yeah. it is that deep. Racism is a way bigger issue than which K-pop group is getting more awards. I agree. I agree, and I think that that's why it's stupid. I think it's difficult for smaller companies to make it because they're newer. But as they get more exposure and as they build their brand, their groups do get more recognition look at bts look at 17 look at monster x and starship because of their success uh with sistar by the way sistar is another group their success with sistar miss them they were able to get this deal with with lowen and get more exposure and get more funds to do things and that's that that's business you know I, i'm sorry I i'm saying know. you know <laughs> but yeah, i can't help it i can't help yes it. um <laughs> but um yeah you know that that's just the way business works you know it's like Heinz ketchup against great value ketchup I don't know I don't want to say that, that was the other groups comparison. Are, don't I don't want to say that the other groups are like generic versions of the big three groups that's not what I'm saying at all I'm just saying <laughs> oh my god so I've been listening to a lot of like um Vietnamese pop recently just because I'm like oh a whole new a whole new country to listen to and it's really funny because they have like some knockoffs of k-pop acts and it's the most ridiculous thing it's like take a k-pop act and like yeah make it like the great value ketchup version of it and it's that it's like both so embarrassing but so amazing at the same time oh wow (laughs) okay yeah like there's this one there's this one group called monstar and I'm like oh okay like monster x and then there's this other singer have you? I think so. I, I uh, we'll have we'll have to watch later. Okay. And then there's also this one singer who is like obviously trying to be G Dragon. It's like so obvious. Ew. 
Yeah, I know, of all people to pick. <laughs> oh my god, one time, this was the video that I got the most hate on. The one G-Dragon video, um, this is my coupe d'etat. You remember that one? I remember, yes. Okay, good. I did a reaction video with my friend Mackenzie, and everyone, we were like, this is the dumbest video we've ever seen. This is awful. And oh, the comments, yeah, don't you miss Mackenzie? Love her. <laughs> yes, I do. So the comments we got were like, go to hill, go to the hill. They're trying to, to say hell. <laughs> go to hill. <laughs> so many wow. comments like that. So many down votes. I think it has more down votes than up votes. What uh, happened in the video? You didn't like the, you didn't like the song? Yeah. We were just like, what is this? This is so bizarre. It was coup d'etat. Like what is he even going on about? What is this video about? Is this even a song? What is happening? So we just like dragged it and people in turn, dragged us telling us to go to go to the hill go to hill yes go to hill yes of course <laughs> because that's where you go when you shame yourself you really yeah it's on top of the hill <laughs> i'm like choking up choking up a little bit i'm sitting here drinking a little uh little soju and uh strawberry lemonade mix that sounds amazing oh my god it's so good let me tell Can you. you wait do you buy grapefruit at the h mart I mean, I'm sorry, soju at the age part grapefruit. I'm sorry, I was thinking grapefruit soju, because that's my favorite. That was my next question. Do they have different Ooh. flavors of soju at the age mark? Oh, yeah, they've got, like, they've got it all there. So what I'll do is, because like, an age... The age mart in Dallas doesn't have it all there. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, comparatively to anything else around it, it has it all. And also, I'm not much of a drinker, and so, like, I don't really know what's what. Yeah, the other night... Um, I was hanging out with, gonna hang out with some friends later on. And so I was like, okay, I, I never have any alcohol and it's always awkward. Cause that's like, you know, what everyone needs in their life. And I'm usually just like, you guys want cookies? And they're like, Oh no, you got, you know, whatever wine. Um, so what I do is I go to the grocery, the regular grocery store, the, you know, I don't know. I, I, we, we have H-E-B. I don't know. You've got other things. And I buy all the juices yes. and the uh, wines and the other accoutrements that would go with it. But then I go to H Mart and I get the soju just because everything else there is marked up so much higher. And it was funny because I go to H Mart and I took a little like Insta video of me walking in and I was like, ah, back home again. Feels like my second home. I'm there so often. And like not 30 seconds later, somebody responds. They go to the K-pop nights that we have there at H Mart. By the way, if anyone's listening to this that lives in Austin, there's a K-pop night at H Mart this Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. Super fun. Check it out. As I'm walking in. I'm so jealous. You should be. Oh, my God. It's so fun because it's like, it's just like you're in a grocery store and it's now it's surrounded by Christmas decorations. They've got like, you know, uh, well, they're not snow cones, whatever they are, the, the shaved ice and then the cafeteria mm -hmm. and you can get your skincare and you can you watch K-pop videos. And there's, huh? You mean Bingsu? Uh, I guess, sure. I don't really know the name. And then there's a stage you can dance on and it's like, wow. it's amazing. It's a good time. But yeah, as I'm walking in, a girl that always goes to those events, she messages me and she was like, hi, uh, I'm here too. And I was like excited about it, but also at the same time, I, I don't know how old she is, but I know she's in high school and I was there to buy alcohol. So I was like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I, I don't, I don't know. The, the optics of it all are, would be weird. Like if I go say hi to her, but I'm in the alcohol aisle and oh, I don't know. So I 
I like after I went and bought things and checked it out and it was like safely in a bag. I like looked around for her. I didn't see her and I left, you know, without saying hi. But anyway, that's my story um, of <laughs> of the night that I got the soju. Okay, so wait, so yes, they do have all types of soju at the Austin H Mart. Oh, good. Yeah, but I normally just yes. Okay. Well, I normally just get like the okay. regular kind because it's like the cheapest. So it's like three ninety nine a bottle, and then I'll get the um. Like the well, how much is the other kind? I don't even know. I didn't even look. I was just like, "That's the cheapest I'm getting that," and then I just mix it with the the fruits that were the fruit juices that were on sale no, at no, Target. No, 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 no. Listen, listen, no, 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 no. Okay. No, no. Oh wow. You I'm about to get schooled. To Here we go. Up, you need to pick up the grapefruit soju. All right. Like, pick up food. That's right. Daddy's gonna tell you what's up. Is, Sit on his lap. He's gonna tell that you. Is, mm-hmm. That is amazing. Grapefruit. The best. Yes, you think you would think that it's the most basic tasting one, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's the best one. I'll try Any it. Korean will tell you that. I'll try it. I normally don't like grapefruit situations, but I will try it for you, and I will. I normally you know don't either. I normally don't either, but I promise you, it is the best one. Second to that, I would say is peach, but that's a little bit sweeter. I'm you're into more fruitier. I like tasting. a peach. Oh. Well, yes, peaches are mm. delicious. Yes, yes, they are. Mm. <laughs> Love a peach. I hope we're talking. I hope we're talking about fruit here. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes, right. Um, um, where? But yes. Okay. Oh, what, what you should do is send me some grapefruit soju. <laughs> oh, you I'll want me to mail it to you? Well, I mean, it's uh, it probably be expensive for you to mail liquor to me, but I can. How about this? I'll send you some grapefruit soju. I'll also send you. Some of the K-pop candles. How about that? That means I would have to buy K-pop candles from you, though. No, no, no. Well, y- yes, twelve dollars now at ClassySmashCo.com. <laughs> but I'll I'll send you one. I'll send you one because I feel like I always ha- I light a candle before I start the podcast. It really puts me at ease. It makes this uh, you know whole experience really magical, and I feel like you also need to experience that. I so do. I'm. How do you feel about, so the Shiny's Back candle, which I really want to change now to Shiny Snack because I feel like that's cuter, but the scent is a blend of blue coconut, lime, and vanilla. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, I told you that coconut isn't really my favorite, but you said that it's subtle. I think I said that to you and you said that it's very subtle. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, and, and I feel as a Floridian, you'll appreciate this, the first time that I had those key lime hard candies... Was let me tell you. Let me tell in, you. Okay, Floridians tell me about it. Floridians don't really like you. <laughs> oh, so it's kind of like when you go to Hawaii, my friend uh, that was just here, Ruth, she lived in Hawaii for a while. She was like, nobody actually eats pineapple in Hawaii. Like, that's for tourists. Well, I mean, yeah. And it's such a tart dessert. Like, it's so, like, wow. Like, limey. <laughs> that it's just... Too much. Well, John Norman loves it anyway. So you maybe you'll hate this candle. Whatever, I'll send you a couple. But wait, which um, one is it? The the shiny's back candle. It it kind of the smell reminds me of those key lime candies because it's got the coconut and the lime and the vanilla. So it smells like that to me. But what what other scents do you like? Not to derail too much. Um. Well, I mean, I usually. You, do you like a floral? Do you I like would, a fruity? Do I you like say, a, a masculine? I, I would say floral because I usually like incense and that's the type of scents that I like, like a marjumpa or a patchouli, you know, those types of scents. 
Okay, well then I'm gonna I'm gonna send you your two favorites. I'm gonna send you G Drag Queen, which is a um, kind of like a patchouli scent, and then I'm gonna send you BTS because it's rosemary oh, and lavender. No, please don't send me BTS. <laughs> I'll put the shiny label on it. No, How about that? No, because it's cheating. It's <laughs> cheating. Just send me the shiny one, and you can send me the G Drag Queen. Okay, and I'll tell you. And that ends. Oh, it does. Well, I, I was going to say, this ends our integrated advertising segment of the podcast. Oh, okay. I'm like, well, we usually do 40 minutes. So I think we have at least six minutes. Left. No, 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 no. Okay. Not the end of the podcast entirely. So, okay. what? How, here's what I want to do now. I want to give final thoughts on Big Three Privilege. Then I want to talk about, just for fun, who's our favorite artist from each of the Big Three and then one from a not Big Three. How about that? Okay. That sounds great. Okay, great. You go first with your final thoughts on the big three privilege. I think it doesn't exist. I think it's just the way the business is, the way the industry is set up. And I think, like you mentioned before, it is changing. It is becoming more accessible to uh, groups from the smaller companies to make it. Um, it may take a little bit more time, but because of social media now and uh, easy, uh, easy accessibility, it's easy for any group to get exposure. It's easy for any group to get big uh, from any company. I do think that there needs to be less saturation. If you're not a company who can sustain a group or give them the proper resources to get big in the first place, you shouldn't even try. Don't waste your money and don't sell false hopes. And uh, yeah, and I, th I don't think we should shame big three groups for being successful because they're in the big three and say, oh, well, you didn't have to work as hard. I think that's that's terrible. We shouldn't do that at all. I feel like if this was a math test, we both of us would have the same work on the math problem, but our answers would be different. Because based off of what you said, I agreed with everything, which to me would say, yes, there is a big three privilege just because they can get a jump start quicker. But that doesn't mean that- I don't think we should call it that. I don't think we should call it that is what I'm saying. Like, I think that in itself is insulting. Calling it big should three privilege. Say yeah, I think we should say, sure, they have a jump start, like you said, but not everything is handed to them on a silver platter. Okay, so you feel that because because they have certain advantages over other groups, that shouldn't be called a privilege? They don't have advantages. <laughs> you they just have said resources. that they get a jump start. That's not an advantage. A jump start is not an advantage. Okay, fine. It's an advantage, but it's not. It's Boom! not that big of an advantage. It's not that big of an advantage. Oh my god! <laughs> it it's is an fair. advantage. Yeah, but that, but that's not a a big three privilege. It's not like, you know, every group yes, gets an advantage like that. No, they don't. They don't. And that's not fair. Well, you have access to all these sound things, and I don't. Sorry to the blinks out there, but. I think Blackpink wouldn't be anywhere near where they are today if they were on some other record label. So I think there is a big three privilege because some groups that don't deserve it and because they're compared to other groups that were amazing um, at times, then they just, they get the privilege of getting more exposure and thus being more popular than I think they deserve. Just like white privilege, Jonathan. Okay. <laughs> Sure. This coming just from, like white privilege. Just coming from one of the whitest guys I know. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I own several Shakira albums. Okay, 
Wow, wow, wow. You're so woke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen such wokeness. Yeah, exactly. I am fluent in Spanish. I know all the words of la tortilla. Ah, de verdad. ¿Sabe, ¿Sabes español? Sí, yeah. Uh, uh, mi nombre es John. <laughs> wow, wow. I am sure. Uh, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I like you too. Who, wait, who sang that song? Megustus too. G-Friend. That's the group that I was having yes. trouble with in like the first podcast. I'm trying to remember their name. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little too late. Okay, now. so basically here's, I think we're just going to go ahead and say that we have essentially the same final thoughts on it. We think that um, big three privilege is not what people on Twitter make it out to be. We think that anyone can be successful. Anyone out there, it, they eventually can get to the same place. And, uh, you know, the, the, there's a world of opportunity out there for everyone. Yes? Ooh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, I wish we could ask our listeners um, what their opinions are, but we can't. So, um, oh. if anything... You can, I guess. Yeah, we have to do some sort of live job. podcast. Or actually, you know, you. I'll, I'll make a post on my email. Instagram. Okay, or that. Well, or, I was gonna say I. I'll make a post on my Instagram, and I will ask you guys questions if you listen to the podcast. Just, I guess, I, post your opinions under the Instagram post. I like it. I like it. Okay, now next segment. Let's talk about who our favorite groups are from each group each um record label of the big three and then we'll just pick one from the not big three okay you go first oh wow okay i was um i was hoping you you were gonna say that great okay so why we're gonna go ahead and count groups that have disbanded as well is that fair oh that's fine that's fine yeah okay so from yg obviously above and beyond any of them for me is two any one they were you know they I feel like they had a rocky road. There were times when things just didn't seem to be working out for them. There was lots of delays. You didn't hear from them for a while. And then when they would come back, you like they would upload a music video that had a timestamp on the bottom corner of it from like two years ago. And it was very confusing. And so a lot of times it was kind of like, what is going on with this? And then they would have scandals and whatnot. But when they were great, they were really great. And they had a beautiful blend of like, softness and sweetness and hardness and hip-hop and pop and dance and I really feel like they they had it all and they had this sort of chemistry with each other and this sort of charisma that I would liken to the Spice Girls because the Spice Girls they were never the prettiest they were never the best singers they were never the best dancers but what they had together and the stage presence that they had made them what they were. And I feel like Two Any One was that group in K-pop. Okay. All right. Okay, you go for YG. Oh, for YG? Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, can we say, I guess, solo artists too? Like, Yeah, of course we can, uh, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, I would have to say Lehigh. Um, oh, I think... Okay, I'll let you uh-oh. talk. Uh-oh, what happened? What did you sound like... <laughs> Okay, you know, like I like yeah, I said, no, no. Explain yourself. Go ahead. I, like you said, like I said something that made you, you know, choke on your own spit. Anyway, um, I'm choking on this soju and strawberry lemonade. 
Well, anyway, I think she has an amazing voice. Um, I think that all her releases have been phenomenal, uh, especially the one written by My Ultimate Bias, which was the biggest. Okay. Which was the biggest uh, song for YG of the first quarter of 2017. Um, what was the song again? Uh, Breathe. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, but unfortunately, you know, YG kind of, like he does to all his artists, uh, sleeps on her and throws her in the dungeon. And she's probably only had two releases in her entire career. And she debuted, like, in 2012. And that was her first Yeah, that was release. a while and ago. She, and she didn't have another release until 20, 20, uh, 2017. So that's the reason why I like I was like okay because I'm I don't remember her much because she had that that one and two and three and four or however it went and then I remember Rose and yeah. that's about it and then the song with Jung Hun but that was it and she had another one after that too okay well if you so, say so but um yeah because that was like a they split the release in half mm-hmm. and then that whole album was was put together later on. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I think she's really great. I just think that YG uh, doesn't know what to do with her. Doesn't know how yeah. to, what to do with her talent, just like a lot of other um, artists in YG, unfortunately. Um, but I think she's great. Well, she's fantastic. Okay, now I'm going to talk about SM Entertainment. I think we're so, going to have to say what at least I think we are, but I'd be surprised. Well, I mean, obviously, the favorite is Shiny. Duh. I mean, they have it all. They're amazing singers. They sing both well solo. They can harmonize really well. They are the pinnacle of K-pop fashion, I would say. When I think of K-pop fashion, I think of them first and everyone else second. They have continuously released amazing songs of high quality throughout their entire career and they've consistently put out material and it's been great material so shiny of course is the favorite for SM entertainment wow how can i follow that <laughs> you can i know you can because you have you just you love them so much i do shiny is my ultimate bias group and they are they are like the normal sm entertainment group i would say they are like the hipsters of sm entertainment um, they're very experimental. Their music is high quality. Their vocals blend so well together, but yet they all sound extremely different individually. But yet it just comes together beautifully mm-hmm. uh, for every release. Their album content it is amazing. It is fire. It is just something different all the time. Um, you'll never be bored with Shiny and their music. It's always versatile. It's always new and fresh. Um, and that's why they're called a modern contemporary boy group because their music reflects the modern and contemporary um, music that's out there right now, but not just the music, mm-hmm. also the fashion, uh, dance, choreography, uh, stage performance, everything that is cutting edge, that is what Shiny represents as a group. Um, and no other group does that. And what's so great about them is that despite them having so many different um, songs with so many different genres, they always still sound like Shiny. They never lose their identity as a group. 
and I think that I think that is amazing. amazing. Absolutely, seeing them live three times, I can say this from experience: they are on a level that no other K-pop group could reach. Oh my god, yeah, I saw them live once, and I was just blown away by the way that they executed the choreography. I was, I was like, this can't even be real. They were like gods to me <laughs> when I saw them the first time in Chicago. Yes. I just felt like this force hit me in the face. Not as much in Dallas because it was kind of the same show. I had already mm-hmm. seen everything except when I went on stage. That was crazy. But when I saw them the first time, it was just like a power that just smacked me across the face. It was yes. crazy. Oh my God. Big dick energy. Okay, so for... <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. So for JYP artist, Sunmi, I mean, she's been doing amazing solo, but Wonder Girls, of course, they are, they're the group. They, I think, I want to say they're, I mean, they're one of the most experimental groups out there. Maybe not necessarily with their sound, but as far as what they tried to do for the genre, I think that they don't get enough credit for it. So they were one of the first groups that tried to cross over. They had that whole thing with Nickelodeon. I feel like their um, album Wonder World was very experimental in that it incorporated a lot of Eurodance sounds into it. And I feel like that hadn't really been done as much in K-pop before. And then they had that whole refresh where they all learned instruments and that became their new thing for a while right before they broke up. So I feel like they were always constantly pushing themselves in different ways and pushing the K-pop industry in ways that had never been pushed before, and also completely changing up who they were as a group. And each time it was, I think, better than the last, how they were before. Okay. All right. That's great. Yeah, Wonder Girls are awesome. <laughs> well, what I happened? think so. I do. I do. I love Wonder Girls. They're great. You know, who's your favorite JYP artist? Oh man, I wish that that wouldn't have come to me. I don't know if I have a favorite, to be honest with you. Um, Do you love Joe Kwan? Because he's so gay. Is he still under JYP? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I I, well, yeah, I love Joe Kwan. Well, I can't say that I love that. There's much music that I like from him. I don't know too much about his music, actually. Um, Um, I don't. I don't remember who's under what anymore. How about Rain? Is he under JYP still? No, he's been long gone. I love Rain. How about Miss A? Oh, okay, yes. Miss A is really cool. I would say there's like a like JYP for me is like that company that they have groups that have great bops, you know? Like 2PM okay. has good songs, Got Seven has good songs. I kind of just group them all together. I do love Got Seven. Oh. Well, up until the um what was it? Hard carry. Then I was like, oh, they're getting cringy. Never mind. Bye. Yeah, yeah, you know. But no, actually, their their latest song, um, Lullaby, was actually really great. <gasps> it was really good. You're right. I'm. Yeah. Oh my god. I spoke out of ignorance. Lullaby was yes. I love. No, it. it's okay. It's okay. God Seven used to be one of my bias groups. They kind yes. of fell off my bias list after like they started declining after Hard Carry. Not that they came back up for me. For lullaby, but they kind of did redeem themselves a little bit. So it's a step in the right direction. I agree. I agree. Exactly. Okay, now our favorite group from the small companies. How many small companies are we doing? Just one. Yeah, just pick one. Oh, 
Okay, you go first. I don't want to go first. I have a lot of thinking to do. I have many groups to pick from. <laughs> you can go okay, ahead. Okay, name some like... of them. Name some. Help, help me pick. Name some of them, and I'll pick. Really? But I don't know. Like they're mostly boy groups. Okay, there's there's Snooper. There's uh, ONF. There's Seventeen, which <gasps> I love so much. Um, there's B1A4. There's um, oh! Infinite. There's um. Who else? Who else? I love o and F. They're like my new favorite group. I love o and F too, but I'm you waiting. Complete ba Baby, you special. You make me feel complete. You make me feel complete. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But um, I usually wait three releases before I say I'm going to stand a group. And they've only had two releases and they've been great. So I'm waiting for release number three so that they can be a certified right. stand. Yeah, I was also obsessed with B1A4 for like a whole afternoon. It was really weird because like, I wow, I know. For, <laughs> no, I found a whole bunch of their videos, and me and Mackenzie, we were. I started sending them to her, and she was like, "Who is this?" And we fell in love with them for like an afternoon, and then we kind of forgot that we fell in love with them. And then my other friend Ruben, that's like his ultimate favorite group. He loves them. He's gone to like fan meets and whatnot when he was um, teaching wow. English in Korea. And he loves B1A4, and I've never known anyone to love B1A4 at all. And he loves them so much. And I had forgotten that I loved them for a whole afternoon. So I was like, who are these people? Like, why are you into them? And but then the more that he would play them, I was I found myself, you know, like tapping my toes. And I'm like, they're just like so sweet and wholesome. And I've kind of like love them again now that they're what is it? Uh, B zero A three A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they lost two members sadly. So yeah, but I hope that their solo stuff, the two members that left, are going to be good. And the, the oh yeah, will be Bado, will be good. Bado and um, and Jin Young. Jin Young was the one who wrote all their songs. So, uh, but anyway, have have I helped you pick one yet? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. BTS. <laughs> After hearing all that, I'm like, ONF is too new. B1A4, I only stand for an afternoon, and I still really like them, but I, I, I'm really enjoying BTS. Sorry. I know that's like well, I know that's like a basic answer because everyone loves BTS, but I really do like them, and I love the stuff. Like I've loved everything that they've released. Uh, I really got into them after Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Then I went back and listened to their older stuff, and I was like, oh, this is good too. And I love their message from their songs about just like loving yourself and like believing in your dreams and whatnot. We all need that in our life. They are the Oprah of K-pop, and they what? They're the Oprah. What? They're the Oprah of K-pop. And oh, they're magical. And uh, I stand BTS. BTS. Oh, yes. They're so good. Ooh. I can't believe you. I'm in the and key point as to why you stand them. And they share. They share a fandom name with the Britney Army. So it's really beautiful. No, it's not. Mm hmm. Okay. Anyway, you pick now. Now that I've picked the greatest group of 2018, BTS. Well, um, I guess I'm just gonna go with Seventeen because they're just really amazing, and I love them so much. And they're just their personalities are so great. And who's your you bias? Know, write their own songs, and they. Um, my bias is Jung Han. Cool. <laughs> Jonghan, excuse me. I have to learn how to say that correctly. Jonghan, he's amazing. 
Um, but um, yeah, they write their own songs, they do their own choreography, their music is fun and upbeat and it's always new and fresh. It's not, you know, it doesn't sound like what every other K-pop group is doing. You know, they always keep you surprised. And I just love their variety personality. Like I just love watching them on uh, reality shows and variety shows. They are so hilarious. They're so funny. And I think that that's important. You need to have both a good personality for variety shows and reality shows, as well as a good back catalog of music. Um, I, I really love their Chainsmokers ripoff song. What was that called? What song is that? Oh! Uh, the, uh, got a chip, chip, uh, no. That was not a ripoff. Shut up. It was! No, it's not. But I really loved it. Like I, it's a ripoff in a good way. It was like, it was like I got to listen to the Chainsmokers that's, without that's, the the stigma of listening the to the Chainsmokers. Chainsmokers is disgusting. Okay, they are a horrible group, and they make generic music. Like Seventeen makes great songs that sound nothing alike. So, I mean, you could say that maybe the chorus sounds similar, but that's where the mm-hmm, mm-hmm, similarity mm-hmm. ends. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry about it. Wow, you're so snooty. Uh, no, I'm not. You took away, you took away my moments. Okay, I was talking about how much I love seventeen. Okay, fine. I'll be quiet. So, go ahead. No, it's too late. You ruined it. You ruined it. It's I did not. So, Big three privilege yes, is real. It's all your fault. Okay, you see, good for you. Go ahead and keep trying to bait me, John. I will. I'm a masturbator. <laughs> Oh, oh, That's great. oh, okay. Well, That's let's, fantastic. Uh, uh, let's, let's end on that. I feel uncomfortable now. Okay, great. Yay. It's been 15, almost an hour. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Why don't you tell them uh, where they can find you? Ah, quickly. Facebook.com forward slash F I N K I E. That's facebook.com forward slash Finky. Uh, Instagram, um, Mr. Underscore Fink. That's M R underscore F I N K. Uh, and Twitter, shining uh, at Shining in the East. Okay, I'm going to do like a rundown of all of them. Here we go, real quick. My social media, my personal stuff is uh, youtube.com slash John Norman, or on Instagram and Twitter, it's slash I'm John Norman. Not I am, but I'm John Norman. And if you want to check out the candles that we talked about in the middle of this podcast, uh, the K-pop ones, it's classysmashedco.com. Also, if you want to check out the list of events that... Demographics Entertainment has for playing K-pop. We have seven different events this month throughout Austin. If you go to facebook.com and you search Demographics Entertainment, there will be the full list of all the different events that we have coming up. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed. And if you have any thoughts on the Big Three Privilege please go ahead and tweet us at our respective Twitters and we will possibly talk about it in the next episode. Or just check out my Instagram. I'll probably post something about it there. Oh, you said you're going to do Instagram. Okay, I lied. Go to our yeah. Instagrams because Instagram is a safe space and Twitter is scary. Yes. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Bye. Bicycle.